today I want to talk to you about renewing another area of your life. I call it uh, first or your first. Say that with me, your first. And you'll get a, a real good clue of what that is in just a moment. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Revelations 2, 2 through 3, I'm going to give you a moment to turn there because it's such a beautiful scripture. Uh, it's where we're going today in this area of your first. And I want you to see this church. There's seven different churches spoken of in this section of the word, but I want you to see this one on fire church, um, the things that they were doing, but the thing that they had forgotten. So pray with me as we dive into this. Father, I, I thank you for your presence here right now. I thank you, Lord, that you are all powerful and all knowing and you're everywhere. Not like the devil, not like the enemy. Don't think that he can do that, but you do. You're here, you're with us, we're the temple of your Holy Spirit. You're moving in this place. Thank you, God, we can lean into you. Father, that you're sovereign. God, we believe in the providence of you. And I just ask that right now that you've brought us here this time, this moment, and this place, and you want to touch lives. I pray for every person here that doesn't know you or have walked away from you. You would captivate their heart. I pray for those who have swayed from you, maybe not on that total straight path. You would touch our hearts, God. We just say, have your way in this place right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Revelations 2, 2 through 3. I know your works your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience. And you've labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you, you have left your first love. As you read through the very first two scriptures, you'll see that this church is doing amazing things. We're going to talk through that today. We're going to talk about the thing that they had forgotten. Uh, when I was a young boy, probably 13 or 14, I was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, with a little youth group. And I was standing in front of probably, I think, about three girls, one in which I was crushing on. And my buddy walks behind me, and he yanks my bathing suit just down my legs. I said the other services to my knees. I don't know if it was to my knees. It felt like to my, I mean, it felt like to my ankles. Just, uh, It's amazing how fast you can pull your pants up. I'm sure I made a first impressions. I don't know what kind, but it was very, 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 it, I'm 54, it was probably 40 years ago, that traumatic event. <laughs> Here's an amazing church, amazing church, doing amazing things, wonderful deeds, 
Our entire Christian life is really about you having a passionate, fiery relationship, loving union with the God of the universe, period. Not just a union, not just a religious union, uh, not a working relationship, not a fling on the weekend, but a loving union with the God of the universe. And I just, I go, why do we settle for anything else? Why, do, why does everything push that back, uh, take our, steal our time? I don't have time to wait on the Lord. I don't have time to spend time with God. I don't have time. Why, why is everything come after that and it lacks at times and we become like that church there's an old older song if it has some kind of spiritual weirdness to it i don't want to hear about it i'm just wanting you to hear these words for a minute it goes something like this we don't need no education we don't need no sound like a bunch of rebel rebel kids self-control but what caught my attention of it is that I don't want to be another brick in the wall. I don't want to be another brick in the wall. You know, this building right here is made by blocks, and none of them really catches my attention because they're just a bunch of blocks. I don't, when it comes to my relationship with God, I don't want to be just another brick in the wall. <laughs> I do want to be a, a living stone. In love with Jesus Christ, come on. Him being the cornerstone, but I don't want to be another brick. Let me say this as I dive into this sermon today. Heart of the City Church is not a business. We're not just here to be a club. Man, we're, we're a local church, a, a, a passionate local church that wants to know their God, fellowship of believers, sons and daughters who are bananas for Jesus Christ, who is crazy in love with Jesus. And I want to challenge you today that we never slip away. And if you slip away from that, that God would by his, the power of his Holy Spirit draw you back in because you look at this church and they were doing amazing things. He says, I know your works and your labors. He didn't say, hey, I know you. He didn't say, hey, I know you know me. He says, I know your works and your labors. And that just spoke to me motives what are what are what are all our what are all of our motives today and why we do what we do when you work at and i really appreciate it and i want you to work there and you know i uh, volunteer and work here and work there but what is the motive behind it all what's a, the motive of working at father's market uh, being an usher first responders or fit team or what is why do you do what you do what, what is the motive behind that? What, what is the motive of me being a pastor or, or you teaching a class or maybe you being a city group leader or, or what you do for work or so forth and so on, but specifically the things that you do for God today, why do you do them? What is your motive? Is it for his name or is it for your name? 
Is it your ministry or is it his ministry? Is it your class or is it his class? Is it your city group or is it his city group? Is it my church or is it his church? It's all about just a little click in motives. Just a little. How many of you remember distributor caps and the 1966 Mustang or Chevelle or, you know, all of a sudden your, your, your car is running low. You got all this other stuff today. I, 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 I don't want to touch. But back in the day, you get off of time in a little bit. You can adjust that distributor cap a little bit and get rolling smooth again. Just Just a little tweak. Just a little timing. How's your timing today with your spiritual motor? If you honestly said yes to any of those things today and you have a little tweak of a wrong motive, I challenge you to return to your first love. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says this. How many of you know that 1 Corinthians 13 is for more than weddings? I can preach on 1 Corinthians 13, not just at weddings. Are you feeling me? It's not just a wedding gift you get that you're, oh, yeah, that's for that day. No, love is for every day. Now, listen to what it says. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I I give my body to be burned, but I have not loved, profits me nothing. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5 says, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. My, my, my heart today is, the Holy Spirit would blow in this room today and just fan the flame of our first love. Renew, cause us to return, cause us to have a reunion with the Father today. They had works. They had labors. And it says they had patience. Wonderful things. We should have works. We should have labors. Patience is a wonderful thing. But if your patience is all about, oh, I'm just patient because I'm waiting for Jesus to return and to pull me out of this old dirty world, or I'm patient to, you know, before I get my hands dirty, I'm patient before I get involved. I want to encourage you Let love be the strongest and the greatest in your life instead of patience. Because they were patient, but they were missing something. And it goes on to say, cannot bear those who are evil. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful church. They can't bear with those who are evil. That's That's a beautiful attribute. We should Be careful of those things. We don't want to bear with those things which are evil. We want to be aware of that. We want to be vigilant. We want to watch for those things in the church. But but, but nevertheless, where's the love? Where's the love? And then it says this. I thought, wow, they're a bunch of charismatics. I mean, they're full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they just look, look, look what it says. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars, thinking, wow, these, this church is just rocking it on fire. They, they have discernment. 
They've discerned. They have tested. They have challenged. They have found out these apostles who call themselves apostles, but they're truly not. They're liars. I mean, they have a spirit of a discernment. They're operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what a wonderful church. I mean, they're all in. Pray patience and work and labor. And, and then it says they, 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 they persevered. Man, they haven't given up. They work really hard. They don't throw in the towel. It says, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name. Look, look. You've labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. How many of you agree with me that all these are beautiful attributes that I've talked about when it comes to the church of Ephesus? They are. Let, let, me, let me do a little review just for a minute so you can feel this church of Ephesus, what it says. They are workers. They labor. How many of you know that working and laboring is a wonderful thing? How many of you agree with that? Talk to me, church. Right, right, right. Uh, they're patient. They're against evil. Uh, they're calling out false prophets. Uh, they persevere, patient again, labor in the name of Jesus. Uh, they didn't become weary in doing good or the things that they were doing, the things that at least they thought they were doing good. They even hated um, this group called the Nicolaitans. Uh, this group, they, they're a very unique group because the Bible talks about them. It, they're charged with holding the era of Balaam. Uh, casting stumbling blocks before the church because they did some, some different wrong things. Like, for example, they had a liberty of eating things which were sacrificed to idols, and they gave themselves over to sexual immorality. And this church, Ephesus, they hated them. And God's like, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Those are, those are all bad things. So this church is absolutely, they have a lot of beautiful attributes going for them. And I would call all these attributes, which should be, instead of pursuing those things, they should be byproducts of the thing that they were missing. What were they missing? Revelations 2.4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you left your first love. But my resume, God, I got a smoking resume. I got a beautiful religious resume. Don't you see my works? I mean, your Bible says faith without works. Is that. Come on. Don't you see my patience? And here's my, look, look, look God, my, my, my uh, I even discern evil. And, 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 and we kicked out the false apostles. And, and just look at my resume right here. And what? You hold it. But nevertheless, uh, I hold this against you. You've lost your first love. Radine and I was watching an old flick the other day in this song. They sing it on this movie. You've lost that love and feeling. Oh, that love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, 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 bum, 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 baby, baby, right? (laughs) 
This is way more than a loving feeling. Beyond works, beyond labors, beyond patience, beyond discernment, beyond false prophets, beyond hating evil, beyond you helping and feeding the poor, beyond you giving and tithing, beyond you working in the nursery and youth, uh, young, whatever it is, beyond you prophesying words of knowledge, beyond you having faith that moves mountains, beyond even you coming to church. Don't miss out on the number one thing that we're to pursue. Our loving union with the Father. Now, I want you to come to church. I think church is a wonderful thing. I think it can help you. Messages like this, presence of God, but I'm going to tell you right now, coming to church doesn't mean that you're a loving person. I like to go to Starbucks. But do I now look like a latte? I like to hang out in my garage sometime, kind of like my little man cave. But I don't think I look like an automobile now. Beyond all those things, God wants us. He wants you. He wants your heart. You were born to be in relationship with him. Well, J.O., I'm in a relationship. Hey, don't be deceived. Don't be, don't, oh, J.L., there's no way. I mean, I come to church, I do all this. Listen, listen to me. He's talking to a whole church here that has lost their first love. They got all the other things down. They forgot the first one. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I but have not love, um, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. Nothing. This is the greatest call for you and I as sons and daughters of the faith, is being in a passionate, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just with words, but with our actions, with our time, with our thoughts, and everything we have to do with God. Let it be, let it come from that relationship. Listen to the message. The message is, is not a, a, a translation, okay? It does have beautiful color, and it can be used mightily by God. Revelations 2, 4 through 5 says this message. But you've walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea of how far you have fallen? A Lucifer fall. Wow. But how about all those works? How about all that good stuff? It says this, turn back, recover your dear early love. No time to waste, for I'm well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. 
Revelations 2.5 in the New King James says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Remember. Say that with me, remember. How many of you remember when you first met Jesus? First met Jesus. Wow. Walked into the church, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, possibly give your life to Jesus Christ. You're like, you mean to tell me I can be forgiven of that? Of uh, I well, forgiven? And he separates as far as the east from the He remembers my sin no more. It's thrown in a sea of forget what? And I'm a new creation? I can have a brand new start? How many of you remember that? Just, oh, I can't wait to go to church. So excited. Oh, worship. Woo! Telling somebody about Jesus. Wow! I was, I got saved in Dunbar, West Virginia. I was, at that time, I... Uh, I moved in with the pastor for a while, lived in the, his basement, and, and uh, uh, I borrowed his son's Bible and just began to, I guess, de- demolish it, just read it and just read it over and over and over and the impact it had. And nobody was telling me to do that. I had no one breathing down my throat. You need to read the word. You need to read the word. I just was crazy in love. I, I wanted to know more about this God and how wonderful he was and his love towards me and his love towards the world. Two weeks ago, I talked about repentance because the scripture says, remember? And it talks about repent. That repent is metanoia, where our mind is changed. We think differently. We, we act differently. We, we, our, our life is changed. We even, I think, move toward Jesus instead of away from him. We actually move, move toward him. We think the way we think differently, metanoia. I think that's an important aspect when it comes to repentance and our first love. I was traveling with Pastor Bob. We were in Romania and had just a, a, a marvelous time. I think on the, it was on the way. He was telling me that he was going to go visit a church. And on his way, uh, some, some had told him, hey, he, this pastor probably needs to retire. The church is really, really struggling and so forth and so on. So he was thinking the church was going to be a certain way. When he got to the church, the church was just full of life and full of excitement. I mean, it caught him by surprise. It wasn't what he thought it would be. And he goes to the pastor and said, you know, what, what, what happened? The pastor just began to share, hey, I went back to doing the things that I used to do. Just like loving people. Like, wow. Somebody say old school. Loving union. Beyond any of the stuff that we do, church, God wants you to be in an absolute. He's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. If anything comes between you and him, he's jealous of it. Can it be good things? Absolutely. He's jealous for our relationship. He wants a loving union with you. I think one of the greatest times that, or ways that we can increase our love with the Father is spending time with him. Now, that may look different for you. I'm not even going to tell you exactly. I don't want to uh, uh, put uh, banks on the river uh, in the sense of, 
just spending time with them. And I'm not talking about, okay, I'm going to spend time, I'm going to go through the, the, the fast food line and pick up my burger on the way through McDonald's and that kind of time. I'm talking about spending time with them. We may call it waste of time, and it's not really wasteful at all, spending time with the Father, but just spending time with him. Can you imagine getting married, but you never hang out with the person that you're married to? Wayne Gretzky, I was watching this film on greatness and these different people that they tracked that, that was great and what did they have in common. And, and Wayne Gretzky, he, he made some statements that really impacted me. He said, you know, I, I played hockey all day long because I loved it compared to parents that says, uh, you need to go in the backyard and practice for three hours. Well, if you caught both of those kids doing that, all of a sudden you say, they're doing the same thing. They're, they're in the backyard practicing hockey, but one is doing it out of love and the other one is doing it because they have to. Just a little, little tweak. Spending time with the Father because you love him not because you have to. Giving because you love instead of giving because of what you will get. Coming before the Father with your heart instead of your hand, like sugar daddy. Just a, they both look like they're praying, they both look like they're engaged, both in communion, both... Both, both all look the same from the outside, but God does something that you and I don't do. He looks upon the heart. Your love, your works, your patience, you know evil, you know you've done all this, but you've lost. First love. Jerry Rice, he even thought about football on Mondays something you can instill in someone because he loved it. He would even dream of football, and sometimes when he would dream about football, he would actually do it in the next game what he dreamed of. I think it was all from a place of love, a loving union with the Father. I think today, if God is speaking to you, I encourage you to have a reunion with the Father, a reunion with your first love, a reunion. Those things have gotten in the way of your union with the Father might just need a little adjustment, perspective. I think another thing that can happen or which is beautiful is not just loving the Father, but loving those things the Father loves. I think when we love what the Father loves, it really shows us our love for the Father. Loving one another. I used to not like it when my kids didn't get along, you know what I'm saying? And they did really well, but occasionally that, you know, you just want them to love, want them to have a love feast, man. Just get along. Can we not all get along? 
I think it's beautiful when we can really love one another. Philippians 1.9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment. Colossians 3.14, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, loving one another. Look at your neighbor right there, right in their eyes, and say, hey, I love you. Jail, that's awkward. <laughs> Might bring you a, a, a great breakthrough. Loving one another. How about, I, I tell you, you want to know what else God loves? God loves his church. Let me give you an example. J.O., I love you. Oh, thank you. I love you, but mm, don't like your wife. <laughs> and I can't stand your kids. First of all, I want to fight. And second of all, no, you don't. You don't really love me. If you don't love my wife, and if you don't love my kids, you really don't love me, so don't just stop all that lying. Why you say that, J.O.? Because the church is his bride. You can't be saying, oh, I just love Jesus, I just love Jesus, I just love him, but I can't stand his wife. <laughs> you just can't do that. No, we're to love his bride, love his church. J.O., it's jacked up. I know. There's some strange people in the church. I know, I'm one of them. <laughs> people get offended at church. They get offended at work, and they get offended at school, and they get offended at your dinner table. People get offended everywhere. <laughs> people get hurt at church. Absolutely, you get hurt everywhere too. But it's his church, and he loves his church, and I love his church. Loving his word. Jail, I love Jesus, but I don't never read the word. What? You don't ever. Flesh, word became flesh and dwelt among us. He created everything through his word. And his word is sharper than any two-edged sword, is able to separate the soul and spirit of a man. I mean, my goodness, his word is the most. And you don't you don't like his word? You know, I, I travel and I'm around other leaders and what I, 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 I really get tired of hearing doctrine splitting the church. Just weird doctrine. Like doctrine over hell. You know, it's like, just read the Bible, man. It's like, oh, you mean to tell me a villager, a, a person in the village in Africa is going to read the Bible, just flat out read it, they're going to come to that conclusion? Calvinism and Armenianism. I'm like, wow, my goodness. How about just fall in love with his word? Quit splitting hairs. You're not going to, do you think you're going to figure it out? Because people have been arguing about this forever. <laughs> they have. They're mysteries. Loving what he loves. 
tell you, it's a, it's a beautiful way to love him. Here's one that he loves. And it's the perfect time of the year for me to bring this up. God loves the lost. Joe, I have no heart for the lost. I would say, oh my goodness. Remember, return, repent, do everything that you need to do because God loves the lost. He doesn't just say that he loves the lost. Follow his life. What does Jesus do? He prays and fasts 40 days. He comes out of the wilderness. He walks up to some dudes and he says, follow me. I'll make you. Of what? You used to be fishers of fish. Now I'm going to make you fishers of men. This is his passion, his people. Jesus puts people over principles. You watch his ministry. You look in Luke 9 and 10. He sends out the disciples to go and, 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 and lay hands on the sick and to preach that the kingdom of God is in hand. And then Luke 10, you see that he sends out 70 more. They go out two by two, sharing the good news and, and healing the sick. And they say, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He's like, hey, just be excited that your name is written in the book of life. Man, it's all about the lost. Came to seek and save that which was lost. And if you really want to know if somebody values what they say, you really want to know it, see if they're willing to die for it. <laughs> and he did. Followed them all the way to the cross, death and resurrection. Why? <laughs> for you and me, the entire world. For God so loved the, uh, gave his only begotten son. He loves the lost. I think we love him when we love the lost. You invite someone, hear the gospel. You pray for them, you share the gospel. Wow, what a beautiful love. They were doing wonderful things, but they walked away from their first love. Let me end with this. Living like love instead of living like hell. Living like love Instead of living like hell. What do you mean by that, J.O.? I think if we're living like love, we're not going to live in sin. Uh, hear me good. I didn't say make a mistake. I make mistakes all the time. But there should be a resistance in the heart of each and every one of us towards sin. If you give over to it and you practice it, I think it will eat you alive. Let me tell you, let me show you what I mean by that. Heaven is full of people who believe. Say that with me, believe. believe. Hell is full of people that don't believe. Okay? Sin has a way of impacting our believing. When you live in sin, it brings a deception. It eats away at your faith. And before you know it, you will be shipwrecked because you've been living in sin. The wages of sin is death. But it can be a slow death. It can be a deceiving death. So you have to be careful to turn from it, to remember, to repent, and go, God, I want to turn to my first love. Living like love instead of living like hell.